I felt all flushed with fever. Embarrassed by the crowd, I felt he'd found my letters and read each one out loud. I prayed he would finish, but he just kept right on strumming my pain with his fingers, singing my life with his words. Killing me softly with his song. Killing me softly with his word. <laughs> nice. Wyclef Jean stole $9 million from people to run for president of Haiti. Continue podcast. Wait, what? Episode yeah. 101. Oh, yeah, Susan. Fucking... Of like about decade back, Wyclef Jean announced that he was going to run for president of Haiti. Okay. And raised approximately nine million dollars in campaign financing to run for president of Haiti, and then didn't run for president. It was of Haiti. it was the fire fest of political campaigns. Yes. Wow. And the, and the legal consequences for this were. L- like a couple of articles, like pretty dick move, Wyclef Jean. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, dick move. Uh, the best thing in the world, as my 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 wonderful wonderful bride Kate uh, has said, is the letter that Praz wrote about him running for president. And Praz was just like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> what do you? Yeah, dude. They're like, this is like gonna hurt people. <laughs> Stop it. Anyway, Fuji's the score is 25 years old and still kicks ass. My name is Anthony John Agnello, and this is the Continue Podcast, a show where you get to learn things about Wyclef uh, and video games, presumably. <laughs> Ostensibly. It's, uh, it's a nice side effect, I think. Yes. I. So am I the Lauren Hill of Continue Podcast? Is that... Because I would say, uh, yeah, like, Su- Susan, how do you break us down? Which of the Fujis are we? I, this is Susan uh, Arndt, everybody. I am not uh, uh, Fuji literate enough to suggest a breakdown. Like, if you want to go Bee Gees or the police sure. or something mm-hmm. like that, I can meet you halfway. But Fujis, I, 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 I cannot. I would say that, uh, that you are definitely the sting of uh our police really dave's our Stuart. yeah i'd say dave's our Stuart copeland <laughs> oh steve yeah. Yeah, is absolutely Stuart copeland no no question 100 percent. 100 percent. yeah there's no question about it am i the sting is this a situation where neither of us wants to be the sting no i would <laughs> love to be the sting i just i don't uh i did not think i had that much you know well i do have that much angst i do yeah, yeah. But yeah. You don't have to wear that dress tonight. Rock. Um. Yeah. Uh, Can I tell you a fun sting I, fact? I, fun sting fact. He yeah. is largely responsible for the 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 marriage of uh, popular music and commercials. Like, is that his fault? No shit. <laughs> it largely, it, yeah, okay, so, uh, remember his song, Desert Rose? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Okay. It went nowhere. 
But the video, they ha- they already had the video, and in the video, he's driving a Lexus because you know why not? He's Sting, and Sting does these things. So fucking Sting. Uh, Stuart Copeland's dad was like, "Bro, you should totally talk to Lexus about getting them to use your song in a Lexus commercial." Oh my god! And he's like, "Ooh, that's smart." And it worked, and it became a huge hit. And w- because Sting did it, people were like, "Oh wait, that's not selling out. That's actually just that's actually just really smart business." To let them mm. license our music for commercials? Oh snap! Yeah. And now so we now, get to see we get to hear simply irresistible whenever someone talks about <laughs> hot wings on television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like one day, guys, when the revolution comes, we know like when we're fucking robes pierring the shit <laughs> out of the world. And we need like we finally like work down the list of criminals mm. and it's like, you know, we're like 12 12 months, 13 months deep into the guillotining uh of the rich and then the three of us will be like, "All right, we finally got to that point in the list. Who are we going to punish for making Moby rich?" Oh, no. Wow. Now we know that it's Sting who we have to Oh, <laughs> Moby, that um, guy. Not actual parody, by the way. Yeah, that <laughs> that that man uh, who's salivating uh, at the thought of the day coming when the proletariat rises up is none other than Dave Roberts. Yeah, it's a fun thought. Anyway, uh, no, my <laughs> uh, my favorite thing about the police is that they just they can't end a song. Like if you ever <laughs> you, you ever listen to like their like a greatest hits album or something and it's just like every so sending out an SOS sending out an and the and they're just like we uh, do we just keep playing this do we keep playing the producers like keep going and then he's just taking the volume knob and just slowly bring it back in a little bit and then I feel like there's a whitest kids you know sketch. Sketch in there somewhere about the producer just like bringing it back in and then turning it down. How many times have you two been elbowed in the ribs for being at a wedding and then they play I'll be watching you like it's (laughs) supposed to be romantic and you're the one who yells, Creepy! (laughs) Creepy! (laughs) And then you get elbowed. That's that's the curse of the 80s song though. Is that yeah. all of those eighty songs are catchy as hell, but they're all creepy as hell. Yeah, they're yeah. Yep. It's it's the rapiest decade of pop. <laughs> yeah. It's very <laughs> Put that on your next compilation. Now that's what I call music. <laughs> now that's what I call rapey. <laughs> that's what I call rapey. Private <laughs> eyes, they're watching you. Yeah. Mm. Yeesh. Ugh. Uh, Sunglasses at night. Uh, Wait, oh, is sunglasses, what? I've never. Is sunglasses at night creepy? I think so. Like, the, like the whole point is that he wears them at night so he can like. Watch, so he can see. So he can. So he can see a he, woman. He insists that it's so he can see. He's <laughs> so I can. So oh yeah, when you're walking in the streets. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. Ew. Yeah. Oh. Ew. <laughs> Guys, the watch you live and breathe your storied life. The the one hundred first episode of Continue Podcast is just going to be or the three of us realizing things that are upsetting. <laughs> well, I, mean, did, I feel like we had this conversation uh, a while ago on the show about eighties movies being creepy as hell too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, they're all creepy. And like even the making of them were creepy. The best thing I heard about an 80s movie recently was Adam McKay, the director of like, um, you know, Anchorman and mm, other, uh, guys. The, the, the other guys. And he was talking about comedies from the 80s. He's like, if you try to make Revenge of the Nerds now, you just go to jail. I think it's <laughs> yeah. illegal to... He's like, it's illegal to watch Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> you, you think about it, what it's horrifying that at the time it was like, oh, well, uh, yeah, of course, this is what happens. <sighs> Obviously, these girls are snotty, so they deserve to be sexually violated. Assaulted! Re- like, repeatedly. There's yeah. the good, and the nerds are the good guys in all mm-hmm. of this. I was four <laughs> years old, and my dad took me to see it in the theater. We need to talk about parenting. And 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 no, because that's <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I quoted that film regularly in kindergarten. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Oh. The eighties weren't good for anybody. The twenty twenties are okay. I can't say they're good so far. No. Uh, the twenty twenties. It's kind of a bust, guys. Um, it could get better. We'll find out. But as we've talked about many times this year on the show. Uh, video games this year are fucking radical. They uh, are against all odds. There are we're we're just before we started recording the show properly. Dave said we're officially back into too many games territory, and uh, there are actually like PlayStation Five games to play, like for real ones now. And Susan has been playing one of the big ones, and not only is it one of the big ones, it's one of the big ones that is by what I would say is a studio that is like one of the continue podcast studios like would is arcane like uh, like one of the groups that like we just all show up for every single time pretty much i mean i do i don't know if y'all do do. i mean i like dishonored wanted to show up every time pray pray was always a point of contention on this show yeah (laughs) but so definitely what is it you don't like about pray remind me i it's not that i don't like i just i it's i am not compelled to move forward i loved moon crash yeah moon crash is spectacular it is it is immersive prey, sim as immersive sim can get i think and and it's in not the modern day yeah like i need so we've talked before about like dishonored 2's like narrative failings yeah right yeah like dishonored 2 just kind of whiffs it with a story that starts really spectacularly. I would say Dishonored 1 does too, but less so. Like They're both so interesting. They have such great characters, and then they sort of whiff it. Um, Like, I, yeah. Ooh, Susan Sarandon's in the sewers. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I pray, like, I, I power through Dishonored 1 and 2 despite that because the pleasure of moving through that world <clears> is so intense and those systems are so fun to manipulate that mm. it compels me forward. And I don't find the activity of yep. prey yep. fun. That's fair. The, that's fair. The world is so intriguing and everything yeah. that's happening is so interesting, but I don't like doing it. Yep. Uh, as opposed to Moon Crash, which is just like, it, it's more, um, it takes those same tools and puts you into a more immediate setting. Yeah. But. Yeah, so... No, that's totally fair. That's, that's, yeah, that's totally fair. For me, because I don't disagree with you, uh, for mm -hmm. me, the aesthetic and the story, like, I just want to, 
I love it so much just the, just being on Talos 1 that yeah. um, whatever they need me to do, I'll do. So just so I can walk <laughs> around and enjoy the art deco-ness, you know? So, right. uh, but like a lot of that game is based on using the the Typhon powers, which I don't want to. And yeah, I, t- I totally see where you're coming from on that. So uh, Susan, we've, we last time we talked about Deathloop was we were talking about how excited we were for it to come out. Mm-hmm. And I realized in just talking to you guys that I like fundamentally misunderstood what Deathloop is. Me too. Like, I, yeah. And so I still am not 100% okay. clear on like what you're even doing yeah. <laughs> besides like go kill a dude yeah. for reasons. Okay. So what I thought was that you at times play Colt who is trying to break mm-hmm. the loop and at times you play Juliana who is trying to preserve the loop by assassinating Colt. That's not accurate. There is a multiplayer component that if you play as Juliana, you can invade other players' games and try to kill them as they play Colt. The single-player game, you are only playing as Colt. That's it. You're you're Colt the entire way through. I didn't know that. I had no idea. All right. You can turn that off, by the way. You do not have to let people into your game. You can there's three <laughs> settings. Let anybody in, let your friends in, let nobody in. Like Juliana still comes after you, right? It's just she not She does. Yes, she's just uh com- okay. computer controlled. And you can you can't play like an offline inversion like an AI mode as Juliana where no. there's like a Mm-mm. whole no. that kind of sucks. Uh, I'm a little no, it doesn't actually. Oh, okay. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. No. Okay, so here's here's the deal. Here's what you're actually doing in this game. It is, if you played Moon Crash, you are going to get it very, very quickly. So uh, you are a cult. You wake up. You discover that you have been in a time loop for who the heck knows how long. It's the same day over and over and over again. You're on this island with people you know. They're from your past. You don't. Un, you you have no memory of what's going on. Uh, but you do start finding out information as you explore the island that y'all were part of an organization together. And you figure out along the way that to break the loop, you are going to have to kill each of them. Thing is, there's four different regions of the island and four time periods on the island. So what you have to do is figure out how to manipulate their routines and other aspects of what's happening to get them lined up in a way that you can proceed from morning to evening and end up with them all dead. That's an awesome premise. <laughs> I But like, as soon as I hear that again, I, I, the more I know, the more questions. I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because... In my head, I'm like, all right, well, if all of these targets are on routines, when you had the targets in Dishonored, mm-hmm. you could familiarize yourself enough with them that, like, you could break the game. Like, you didn't even have to manipulate the guards or anything. You could just put yourself in a place, pop out of the garden, and just be like, doink, and then leave. Uh, w- w- like, how does that fuel into somebody being Juliana? Because... 
wouldn't you just know what the no, person playing Cole no, is going to do? No, 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 no. Okay, so although you are uh, visiting the same locations, right? Like, let's say one of them is called the complex. If you visit the complex at first thing in the morning, certain things are happening. If you visit it at noon, other things are happening. Also, you the way you get around the island is you start off in your bunker and there are tunnels all through the island. But the doors to the tunnels that you are allowed to open depend on the time of day and where you're going. So again, if you go to the complex in the morning, you can come out at this spot or this spot. But if you're there at noon, you're over in that spot or that spot. Add to that, so you're having different starting points depending on the time of day and depending on which exit, because you're given the option of two exits every time. And so so uh, that's a little bit of a, of a wrinkle in the routine, just, just plopping yourself down where the person's going to be and then pot-shotting them. On top of that... There are many ways to get at these people you're trying to kill. None of them are just like walking down the street. Sure. They're they're all holed up somewhere and there are many different ways to get to them. Also, depending on what else you're trying to do, you may follow a completely different way of getting to them or taking them out. For example, uh, there is a... Uh, a guy who there's there's one the one of the visionaries they're called visionaries these people you have to kill your shot at her is first thing in the morning there is a guy who may also die in that time period if you save him by doing something else very very quickly by taking her out very very fast he unlocks something else later in the day hmm if you don't save him, eh, you don't have access to that. So you got to go a different way. So th- there's that many variables yes. to ensure that the person who's campaigning it is always going to be doing. All right, all right. Yep. I'm, I'm starting to get a picture. Yeah. All right. I so I I want <laughs> I want to know about your feelings about this game from two perspectives. Yep. And because you're coming at this from a super weird place, because on the one hand, you are probably the most devoted fan of Arcane and their style of games that I know. Yeah. On the other hand, we have ta- we've had multiple episodes of this show this year where we have talked about how your most hated, stressful type of game is time loop manipulation. <laughs> And I, I'm just like, I, like this would be like to me if somebody was just like, oh man, did you hear like fucking Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins has a new solo project? And I'd be like, really? Is that happening? They're like, yeah, it's him collaborating with Eminem. And I was going to say him oh. collaborating with Alex Jones. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I, now I'm just very oh, conflicted. No. So let's start. How is Arcane fan Susan feeling about playing Deathloop? Okay, so it's it's funny. This is obviously a 
uh, an evolution of the Mooncrafts was basically proof of concept for this game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's all about putting events in the right order to reach the end goal. But what's really really funny is as as someone who loves arcade games and has played them a great deal sneakily. So when you when you try to do something with stealth, at least when I do, I end up doing it over and over and over and over again. And also trying to explore every last little nook and cranny to see if there's a better way to to get at somebody. As a result, I recognize the architecture in this game. Like, oh, this room, yeah, this this was in Prey. This was actually the uh the greenhouse, yeah, okay. That, mm, that is straight. That's the library from Dishonored. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I can, I can see the pieces that they put together, and it's yeah. reskinned, obviously, and it's it's still a very interesting environment, and and that's it's not a knock because I'm not gonna blame them for reusing assets. What they should make everything from scratch? Come on. But it's just very. It was a little distracting at first. Because mm. I, I, I felt it so strongly, this, this sense of familiarity. As, a, a, as an arcane game, the story is told really well. I love the characters of, of Colt and Juliana, because Juliana uh, razzes you over the comms every, <laughs> every time you start. Like, why are you doing this? You love it here. You always come around. And Cole's like, I no, I don't want to be here. I'm breaking this loop for all of us. And she's like, no, you're not. You know. And their their banter is very enjoyable. Really, really fun. The visionaries are all delightfully creepy. Or, mm. or yeah, no, they're just all creepy. They're all horrible people. So you don't mind killing them over and over again. And there's so many little hidden secrets and fun things that one of the one of the visionaries is uh, Charlie Montague. He is a game designer. He designs computer games, video games. So one of the things that you'll find, the game does not tell you this. But you will find it if you happen to be in the right location at the right time of day. He has different little contests for you to solve. One is there are boxes placed all over that particular location. And if you can get to all of them in time, it's a timed challenge. He gives you something good. There's another Hmm. one. All you have to do is find them and figure out how to get to them. If you do that, you get a prize. He has another one that's like a like a like a laser tag arcade kind of. And it's only open in the afternoon. And if you can figure out how to solve all those puzzles, you get a prize. You don't have to do any of it. But if you want to, it's there. And and you get some some candy for it. And I love that that kind of attention to detail. That's that's fun. All of that said, Game's a little buggy, which is... It's an arcane game. <laughs> yeah, it's an arcane game. Actually, wait. Let's roll back. It is a Bethesda... There you go. ...overseeing game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only a little buggy. It's not a lot buggy. Yeah. It's only a little buggy. Um, the AI is stupid on purpose. 
That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. They. I mean, they actually have a narrative reason for the AI to be stupid in the game. They expl- yeah. Is that they- spoilery? It's not. No. That you you will uh, get told. I don't even remember how, but you get told that if you just like if you if you uh, if somebody spots you, just go hide. They'll forget about it fast because they didn't exactly hire the best and the brightest. To, to be part of this thing right and they're all and like half of them are drunk half of them are high so the last thing they want is to be bothered trying to track you down like if you're right cool. in front of their face yeah okay they'll they'll try and kill you but otherwise they're like uh, uh. so that's fine I, I other people have have uh said had said they have a problem with that but i i'm like they're just meant to be obstacles right in that that scenario mm-hmm. like right in that particular area of that particular part of the island here's the thing unless you figure out what you need to do in the order in which you need to do it very very quickly you are by definition going to have to grind this game rather a lot you're going to have to go mm-hmm. through you know the same locations at different times a day and you're going to you're going to end up killing these visionaries many many times they also each have uh, what is called a slab it's a special ability that they have uh charlie's the, the game designers he has shift for example which lets oh no he has ether actually somebody has shift and it lets you uh teleport that's your teleport power so you're going to want to kill them at least once to get their slab and then at least two more times to get upgrades to the slab some of them as many as as three upgrades whatever point being you're going to be killing these people over and over again a lot you're going to be visiting these locations over and over again a lot if you're someone like me who wants to wring every last drop out of whatever Arcane has put in there. All the secrets, yeah. all the surprises, all the... Then, then great. If you're not... Eh, well, you're I, I was going to say, I, I feel like that kind of solves the Arcane problem. Because, like, you have these levels in Dishonored and Prey. They're yeah. so intricate. But, like... One, just because of the nature of the way that you play through these games, you know, it's like a 10, 20 hour game. You're just moving through them once. The way that, like, there's the morality system, too, where you are essentially uh, incentivized to not kill people. So you're incentivized to not use the breadth of powers that, like, cause the most mischief and havoc. You're incentivized to, especially because of, like, Dishonored, there's the whole, oh, what is it called? Yeah, Yeah. the rats. And, like, that's how you get the best ending of the game is to, like, you have to be stealthy, you have to save scum, and it just becomes a pain in the butt. I feel like this, though, kind of it solves that problem because you're incentivized to like do like, like you said to wring every last drop out of the game that they've made which it's true there's there's no morality yeah. you can go in guns blazing you can go in stealthy stealthy you can do both whatever that is entirely up to you game does not care there's no like good ending bad ending based on did you because you literally you have to kill the visionaries to advance the game you have yeah. to. There's no way around it. So, uh, yeah. So it does. It does absolutely solve that problem. The grindiness could could definitely get to some folks. But some, one thing you can do, if you know you have to be an upstad at uh, 
in the afternoon. You can just advance time. You don't actually have to go through morning, oh, noon. Awesome. And that. You can just God. be like, mur, 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 and now I'm in the afternoon. Great. So that's cool. Um, as for the time loopy nature, here's what's cool. If you die, you go back to the beginning of the day. If you die twice, th- die uh, three times, because you get to... Uh, 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 lives back. You get uh, resurrected twice. Uh, so, then you go back to the, the, the beginning of the day and you can start over and you can try different do, doing different things. If you screw up a particular time of day, whatever, just go on to the next time of day because there's the potential to learn something valuable no matter what. You might read a note that has a door code on it and oh that's that's something else worth pointing out you remember things between loops so if you learn a a door code once you know it for good if you Mm. do something that will uh result in a in a i don't want to give spoilers away some of them stick right so you only have to do it once and then great cool it doesn't bug me It doesn't feel, I don't feel the panic of, oh no, I've ruined this loop. It's like, eh, it's okay. You can try it again. It's fine. It's also like, I I feel, I feel like there's probably a type of person that would run into that and feel like that's another thing that's breaking the immersion. Oh yeah. You're ruining the, and like, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not coming to an arcane game looking for the rigorous role-playing experience where I feel like a person. I'm there to, like, really fuck with the most interesting dollhouse, right? That is what this is. 100%. If you want to fuck with a really well-built dollhouse, this is your oyster, my friend. Cool. Yeah. And it's really funny. I... It's so rare that one of these games gets made at all. Yeah. You know, Ar- Arcane and Eidos Montreal are probably pretty much the only people that have been doing it for the past decade, right? Once, well, uh, to, Ken, well, well, yeah, once I was going to say, once Ken Levine decided to go yeah, on Once Logan's Ken run. Levine said, I'm taking my Porsche and going home, uh, <laughs> that's... I'm fine. I'm going to keep Bioshock Vita to myself. Me. Uh... <laughs> uh it's, it's just rare for somebody to make this type of game. And the thing is, is so few of them are made that we tend not to see bad examples of them. Oh, that's a good and, point. And uh, a couple of years ago, I remember I remembered being very excited for We Happy Few. And that game oh, yeah. is yeah. one of the worst games I've ever played in my entire life. Uh, it Ooh. is horrible. It is like is it really you start bad? playing it and you're like... Yes, it's like an Uwe Boll game. <gasps> like if Uwe, if Uwe Boll made decided that he was going to make an arcane game, it would be We Happy well, Few. The, That's the, what We the, Happy Few. The is. problem with that game was like it it was pitched as like, look at this trippy story we're telling. Look at all this, and and then once the actual like early access game came out, everyone's like, oh no, this is like a roguelike. That's not what we backed so then they had to pivot to like make the game that people thought that they were actually making oh and then they made they made shitty dishonored like that's it's just terrible dishonored oh wow and you you see that once you're playing like a bad version of this where the systems aren't very well considered and the aesthetic is all over the goddamn place (laughs) those like things like the the sort of dumb ai 
that mm-hmm. you're describing in Deathloop or the, you know, the sort of narrative inconsistencies of, oh, well, you've learned this aspect of the, the puzzling nature of the world. Yeah. And now you you don't have to do that anymore instead of, you know, in We Happy Few, if you die, good luck you gotta do all that shit again oh (laughs) no yeah that game that game is horrible and endless (laughs) like you suffer through it and you're like oh thank god this ordeal is over and then it's like you've unlocked the second out of four characters and you're like ah but i digress uh how is this is the other thing about death loop that sort of threw me is I I all of the advertising has that sort of grindhouse aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's yep, like yep. they they went they went from um it was almost like they went from like the Andromeda strain vein of seventies sparse sci-fi presentation yeah. in Prey yeah. to like fucking Barbarella in Deathloop. There's like a campy uh, you're gonna have bell bottoms, but space shit's happening. Um, is it cool? Like, it's so the 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 shtick of it is that the visionaries set up this this island, this time loop, so that they could like if you live forever, you can spend as much time as you want pursuing science or art or music or whatever. Except they're all nuts. So yeah. they do horrible, horrible things. So there's it's 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 very yeah, very Logan's Run, very yeah. you know late sixties, early seventies, futuristic. Uh, yeah, very that with with some like cool jazz put in there. But yeah, it's 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 very that. I I. It's a shame. I feel horrible about this because you can't mi- take one thing somebody's made and be like, "Why isn't it as cool as that?" Because I think, like, Dishonored One is just so like somebody at Arcane went into Hot Topic in 2007 and saw a girl with the steampunk goggles on and was like, "Tell me about the books you're reading," and then just went. But uh, Dishonored 2 is one of the most interesting aesthetic works of the last decade. Like, Dishonored 2 is fascinating because it has, like... You know, there's like the stage where you're you're in like the hospital, like the sanitarium, and it's just your typical gothy shit. Uh, and that, but like the the d- dust city and yeah. everything else is just you're like, who the fuck makes this? <laughs> so every time they put something out, that's I I want to see that level of ingenuity again. That you're not going to get anything quite. The, the four regions of the island are different not sub- not like hugely different but they're different so it really comes down to the individual visionaries harriet for example was in a plane crash and so she, her base of operations is the hangar and she's just very she's got plane stuff everywhere and she's very obsessed with that uh fia is an artist and so her compound is all painted and works of air quote art and stuff like that uh you know so like that charlie's uh charlie turned his mansion into 
a laser tag uh, thing kind of thing where with and it's got a space theme so there's mechanical aliens going like this side to side and smoke and it's got a rocket ship in it and stuff like that so there there are pockets of individual flavor but you're you're not going to get the sort of distinct vibe of different areas like like you do in Dishonored 2 Hmm. Um, I'm. I, I I was prepared a few weeks ago to have this conversation, and I was expecting effusive Susan. I was expecting like squee Susan. And yeah, you no. sound you sound very. Uh, it's like a hard seven. <laughs> a no, hard no, no, IGN I mean, seven out of ten. I I would give it eight and a half nine. Uh, I don't love the aesthetic at all. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't speak to me the way what they did with Prey and Dishonored did. It's it's cool. It's distinct. It's it's very. It is definitely a choice. I don't happen to enjoy that choice, and mm. it's very slow to start. The first, yeah. the first maybe hour or two. It's holding you by the hand so much, it's hard to understand what the game is. Once you get past the tutorial part where it's like, okay, let's get you used to this loop. Let's get you to understand the times of day and all of that. Once it sets the yeah. table, then it starts to become more fun. But uh, I appreciate it. I once I'm done with it, I can't imagine I will ever go back to it just because I don't I don't enjoy being in that space. Like I yeah. Dishonored 2, the clever levels are so brilliant. I like cracking the slab and and the the clockwork house that I mean it they're just so they're just so smart. They're works of art and you just it's like standing in front of a painting in a museum. It's so incredibly beautiful. And Nothing. Doing everything there is fun. And yeah. Doing everything there is fun. Like I don't think people understand that you could describe Dishonored Two as being like one of the best platformers. In yeah. 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 And so. and Deathloop is incredibly well made. Like the puzzles and the the components fit together in such very very smart ways you just sit there and go wow man that's smart but it's not like standing in front of a painting it's for me mm. it's not that same feeling it's not awe inspiring it's like hey y'all that's that's clever yeah but it's <laughs> not this sort of like oh wow pray i don't feel like had the cleverness but the story and the aesthetic were were so like when you have to do a spacewalk outside Talos and you get the sense of scale of your tiny yeah. little Morgan compared to the space station, that's breathtaking. I get neither of those in Deathloop. Your mileage may vary. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I don't think I'm gonna. I'm not champing at the bit for this one. Like I might. I might PlayStation Plus wait this. I that's think. fair. That's fair. Um, Dave, you have also been time looping it yeah. in, the, in the past week uh, with a game that I know nothing about at all. Okay. Tell me about tell me about this thing. Okay. So it's called The Forgotten City. Ooh. Uh, I want to know yeah, about this. It's, it's very cool. Uh, so I picked it up 
last weekend and it was one of those experiences like I had with Paradise Killer where it's just this like unique blend of things that like make me happy in games that I just mainlined it <laughs> in like two days. Nice. Um, so it's made by a s- small studio called Modern Storyteller. There's like, like they say right up front, it's like a core team of three people. Like obviously I have contractors and voice actors and stuff, but it's like a core team of three people. And it originally started out as a Skyrim mod. <laughs> that- oh shit! Is this yeah. the fucking like Roman? Yes. Like, yeah, dude. I've heard this game's fucking crazy. It, now I know yeah. what you're talking about. It fucking yeah. rules. Okay. So yeah, it, like you immediately get that like, oh, this is yeah, this is this was absolutely a. They remade it all because originally uh, I was looking into the mod because I'd never played it. Uh, but like it was originally about a Dwormer ruin. Like those are the dwarves, right? Susan? Dwormer, yeah. Dwormer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, which they changed. They when they made it its own game, they took it out of Skyrim. They made it in Unreal Engine Four. They changed the aesthetic, so now it's about a Roman city instead of a Dwormer city. Oh, fun. Uh, okay. Um, and changed some other stuff too, but uh, like radically overhauled the dialogue and all that stuff. Uh, so the game starts out present day. You wake up next to um, a river, and there's a woman in a hoodie named Karen, who's like, "Hey, um, there's <laughs> a woman in a hoodie in, named, named Karen. Karen." Yeah, and she's Karen. just like, "Why are you wearing a mask?" There is optional. Take that off. There is a Karen joke uh, in the game as you talk to her, that. which is very funny. Oh, but like, nice, this nice. is there's some like light character creation during the segment where you're like, you choose your gender and then you choose your background. And each background, mm. there are four backgrounds. They each kind of they don't do a ton, but they they change the game in just a little bit. Like I chose the archaeologist, which lets you uh, you can you have some background knowledge. Uh, that comes up in dialogue, but you also can read some of the like uh, Roman language that is written in the ruins. Love that. Love uh, that. There's a fugitive who can run faster, a little bit faster than the other characters. There's an <laughs> amnesiac who is able to take more damage, and then the soldier who has a gun with ten bullets that you will never get back once you use them. So yeah, just that like like rad. not not con- like not super like game changing, but like just interesting enough to make me go like, what would happen if I go? So um, you pick your character, and and Karen's like, hey, yeah, like I found you on the side of the road or side of this river here, uh, nursed you back to health. Uh, my friend Al uh, is checking out the ruins. You're supposed to come back any any minute now. Can you go see what's going on? So you go in the ruins. You immediately fall into a trap door, which sends you into like an Love ancient that. Roman bathhouse. And as you explore, you uh, exit the bath bathhouse. There are just golden statues of people everywhere. It's very creepy. And then you stumble upon Al, who is hanging from a noose as a golden statue. And there's a suicide note next to him, going like, "Man, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I just kept reliving the same day over and over again. Couldn't do it. If you're stuck here, that's." you're probably doomed like me too and then you turn the corner and there's a portal and you walk into the portal and it sends you back in time to the same location this like roman city which is like it's it's like hidden inside like one of those underground cities that you read about um where it's uh like inside of a cave it's like closed off yeah yeah. Uh, and and there are like 20 or so people living in this city and as as the first time you're th- you walk in, this guy 
is waiting by the portal. He's like, oh, hey, how's it, how's it going? What's... <laughs> How's it hanging, so, man? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you, you want me to show you around? You're new here. Uh, and uh, so so he shows you around, and eventually um, you end up meeting the magistrate, who is this, like, Roman general. And he's like, okay, so here's the deal. In this city, there's something called the Golden Rule. Now, no one is allowed to sin. If one of us sins... We all die. <laughs> I am almost certain someone is going to break the golden rule today, which is why I've summoned you here, because today there's an election between him and a rival who is also trying to become magistrate because he's like, uh, the gods are fake. This is this is all a sham. Golden rule's not real. I'm going to free you of this. So And, and so this guy's like, okay, so you need just... Go around, talk to people, find out what's going on, and that, and you're like, okay, well, um, and here's the thing: nobody knows what a sin is. There's no like rule written down that says like, here's the here are the things you're not allowed to do. You just know that if anyone sins, everyone's fucked. All right, Dave, if, time out. Ti- very quick time out. Very yes. quick time out. Because this is so fucking rad. <laughs> Like, this sounds amazing. Very quick. Yeah. How how non-spoilery can you be in talking about this? I'm going to do my best. Uh, I have yeah. I wrote some notes down to try to get around it. There is one sin that I will talk about immediately because I disco- I discovered what this was. Because I like I had the conversation with him. I was like, okay, I'll go explore, talk to people, do-ba-do-ba-do. And then you do the Skyrim thing where you walk into some dude's house and you see a dresser that has money in it and it says oh. steal. And I hit steal and then this booming voice goes, the sins of the one have doomed the many. And everything no. goes black and white. All of the golden statues spring to life and start shooting like golden arrows at people. And the magistrate's like, Oh shit! So he starts running to where you originally came in, and a quest pops up on your screen that says "follow." So you have to follow him, run to. Uh, what he does is he performs a ritual which sacrifices himself, and then you enter into the portal, and then you start back at the beginning again, and then you meet the guy at the beginning who's like, "Hey, how's it going? Want me to show you around?" And you're like, "No, I talked to you already." He's like, "Wait, what? No, this is the first time you're here." Uh, oh, that's weird. Uh, okay, and so, so yeah. Once that happened, I was like, okay, no, I'm all, I'm all the way in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are, what are you playing this on? I was playing it on PC. Uh, it's on PS4, Xbox, and there's it's coming to version. Switch. Okay. There's a, P- okay. there's a PS5 version that just shipped. That's like okay. a native PS5 version. Yeah. Nice, 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 nice. Okay. So, so yeah, like it's just it's. That's about as far deep that I want to get into the story because the the I mean like the whole point of the game is walking around, talking to people, learning their stories, learning how they got into this city, learning their relationship that they have with each other cuz like they're not all like they don't all like each other. Like you have like the merchant guy is kind of a dick and he's like trying to fleece people for money and then but then like the the Greek tailor, he's just like, hey, how's it going? Like, us, us foreigners need to stick together, right? Because, you know, you're just, like, an American dude. Uh, Question. And, uh, yeah. Are 
are the sins because you say nobody knows what a sin is do we the player know what is considered sinful in this city like murder stealing I mean that's that's part of the game is figuring out what okay, okay, what okay. the game considers a sin. Okay. And because like you start talking to people and you're like, wait, these people are sinning left and right. Why is like nothing happening? Okay, that's uh, what I was wondering, right. So like yeah, that's okay. that's part of the mystery. Um it's it man, it's just it's really well written. This this the the stories that you learn and the the sort of the conflicts that you have to deal with are really cool and the ways that it allows you to both work within the time loop as well as manipulate the time loop and the things that it does because it knows it's a time loop game and it doesn't want to like bore you with stuff that Mm. you've done already uh the way that it like just smartly deals with that stuff uh one there's a quest tracker and there are a lot of quests to, uh, as as you walk around and talk to people, quests will pop up uh, on in, in your tracker. And there are often multiple ways to solve the quests. Like one, you could just like talk to a guy and buy the item you need. Another is maybe you steal it and use the time loop to get the item. Oh, so you can like you, you can carry your stuff over yes. if you go back. Stuff and uh, cool. like 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 Susan was saying, it's like stuff and information follows you through the time loop uh the uh th- the puzzles are like like un- I, I don't want to like compare this to 12 minutes but i'm going to because it's also another time loop game that came out this there's year. another watch yeah well it j- where the puzzles in and the very framing of 12 minutes is an adventure game so all the puzzles are very adventure gaming very like use item on this to do this and you have to like deal with the logic of adventure game stuff because this was originally a skyrim mod Mm. the puzzles are more about exploring and like looking in someone's house and like finding the interesting things in there and like stumbling across secrets, uh, whether that you find them through like talking with people and learning through quests, or you just you're in a room and like push a thing out of the way and go, oh, there's a thing over here, and you know you stumble your way, kind of like how in Fallout Three I stumbled across uh, the main character's dad just by hitting a button in a gas station. Like I didn't even follow the quest; I just found him. That's hilarious. Uh, it, it does a lot of that. So, like, th- there's a lot of flexibility to how you approach the game. Uh, and you're given enough time within the loop. It's like, I th- I want to say, I went through the entire loop just, like, exploring normally once. And I want to say it was, like, 30 to 40 minutes. And then it naturally ends with the election. And, of course, oh, oh a bad okay. thing happens. And then you have to start the loop over again. So, so you do have a lot of time to explore, and I I don't want to like there are some elements which are like you have to do this within a certain amount of time, otherwise it doesn't like you're locked out of it for this loop. So like 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 Majora's Masky. Yeah, but like you you have a lot more flexibility. Whereas like twelve minutes was like if you don't set this up within the first thirty seconds, you're fucked. You have to start over. Sure. Like, uh, literally 30 seconds? Yeah, like, if you don't, like, open this door and walk inside and hide before your wife comes out of the 
the bathroom uh, within the first like 15 seconds seconds of the loop you can't complete like that part oh, of the loop god no thank yeah. you <laughs> yeah not to, every new detail about 12 minutes makes it sound even worse um the other thing that i love about this is that once you complete a quest line like you you take a quest line to its natural conclusion and you solve the problem within that quest line because in my head i'm thinking like okay i cleared this quest it's gone from my quest marker how am i going to remember the steps to do this next time when i need to like when i need this to happen in order to make another quest or puzzle to to move forward uh, you don't have to worry about that. That guy that you meet at the very beginning, uh, because you walked out of a portal while he was right there, he thinks you're an oracle. So you can just tell him, hey, go over there. There's someone who needs your help, like, right freaking now. He's like, okay, man, I, like, whatever you say. And then he just does it. And so you can go off and explore and complete other quests oh, while nice. he's doing all of the stuff for you that Got you would it. normally have to do to make those quest lines complete. Um really clever i like my only complaint is that it does get it's a little like the acting is kind it's very like i said it's very skyrimy the acting is Mm. kind of hammy everyone's got like these very like uh overwrought's not the word but very british acting voices oh dear yeah very very skyrim in that way um but it's there are so many parts in this game and again i don't want to spoil anything because the whole joy is like pulling the threads uh where it is so clearly punching above its weight um Mm. just so many cool ideas so like the the twist near the end is like like once you realize where they're going and it's like and then they do it and you're like oh that's so so cool um it's it's like it's 25 bucks right now go play it It, it's like six hours long to get all the endings just a good weekend game fun stuff i have a question yeah do you achieve a is the win state you figure out the person that's going to sin like what do you do to <laughs> so there, because there are multiple endings, there are multiple win states. One okay. win state, like because like the it, you have your main quest and your sub quests, which lead to the main quest. And then once you, there is a point in the game where once you complete one quest, you're like, oh, this is the true win state of the game. Got it. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're okay. like, okay, I need to find these specific items. And then that's going to open something up for me that will lead me to the true ending of the game. Okay, but okay, it's, it's okay. not like a nonary games thing where it's like right, you right. run it and now run it again to uncover more, and now run it again to uncover more. It's not like that. No, it's like so when it starts out, like one of like your main quests are uh, find a way to break the loop, like uh, basically cause a time paradox. Mm. Um, which will break you out or find out who the person that is going to sin and tell the magistrate and he'll deal with them. Uh, ah. Yeah. So, but the thing too is like once you kind of learn the story, like learn what's going on, then you're like, oh, well, if I just do this, I can break the loop. And then that's one ending of the game. Cool. Uh, 
Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, it's it's really neat. It's like I it's one of those things where it's like, man, I would love to see what this team can do with more money. Is did they self-publish this? Th- this is published by uh It got picked up. Dear Villagers. Yeah. Which I'm I'm not sure what else they've done, but they've they've done some like mo- mid tier uh, popularity uh, indie okay. games. But uh, okay. yeah, no, there, there's a publisher on it. But like, I I want to see what happens when they get like like devolver money or something. Yeah, yeah, or, like yeah, just yeah. like something that gives them like here you go, like like get yourself a studio, get yourself a team, like go nuts because like they're they're on to something here. It's really cool. Uh. Bill at one hour hey, fifty six. Don't open the door. There's uh, an unattended Rottweiler outside our house. Oh snap! Yeah, um, yeah. Quick, quick pause. That was what did you say? One hour fifty six seconds. Yes. Um. Hey guys, sorry to. Uh, nope, you did the right thing. Up. There is just an unattended Rottweiler. Collar? Cool. Uh, no collar. Hmm. Just wandering around. Okay. Leave all this in, Bill. <laughs> dog. <laughs> Bill. Bill, there's dog adventures happening. Guys, I finally found an exciting new game, and it's about scary dogs. Uh, yeah. And while not all not all Rotties are not by definition bad, but when you have a small child in the house, you don't risk that shit. Don't you don't risk that shit. You don't risk that shit. Sorry, sorry for the vanishing there, guys. I mean, any animal without a collar, you don't know. Yeah, don't leave this all in. (laughs) No, Um, no. (laughs) uh, To get us back into it. I I I did want to ask Dave how much how much of how exciting this is is the novelty of mm. it. You're the f- third person I've talked to. I just like the name is so generic, which is why I didn't recognize it when you brought it up. That it took me a second to realize that like multiple people have already been like, yeah, this game is really cool. It was yeah, I had to hear you be like, yeah, it started as a Skyrim mod. Um. So how much of like how good it seems is sort of the novelty of this unexpected discovery or is it I I always think about the Talos principle when I encounter a game of this scale where it is like you said punching way above its weight where it's so much more impressive than it's sort of modest execution would lead you to believe. I mean I think there's a bit of both because it really is like I heard um, I think was it one of our friends was it Sarah who did some work on this, uh, some consulting work on this. Yeah, it like must that, have that's been her, how yeah. I first heard of it. I was like, "Oh, what is this?" And then, I was, and then it was it was one of those things where it's like, "Okay, I'll add it to my Steam wish list." And then, just over time, just this slow trickle of like people going like like picking it up and then playing it and then going, "Oh, this is great!" Till eventually, like I just I you know I had to pull the trigger because I had to see for myself. So I do think it is some of that because I think like that's one of I mean it's a great feeling for me like uh, to just hear just hear something and go like oh no this is like you need to play this 
without knowing anything else really about it um and then just going in and mostly blind and 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 discovering something like truly special uh it doesn't happen all the time anymore no uh but on the other hand like it is just it's just good like the Mm. the writing is um like i said it's a little hammy in spots like the 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 end of it is a little um cornball uh, it can't, it, but like it fits with overall with the what the story is trying to tell. But it it can get a little cornball at the end there. But like uh, for the most part, like it's just it's just really engaging. Like the the because well, at least for me personally, the what I love about games is that like feeling of pulling on the thread mm. and just seeing where it goes, and then like having the freedom to explore and talk to people and figure something out and like watch like the quest trackers like keeping track of like all of your discoveries for you and then eventually you know figuring out the thing at the end um you're gonna love death loop man yeah yeah so like because that's the thing like death like the more that i hear about death loop it's like oh yeah it's like all of like environmental stuff and like traversal and like po- it's like oh man yeah no i, I need to check that out but yeah like because i love I've always loved, like, it's, like, back when I was younger and had more time, like, one of the games that I would replay, like, every six months was Prince of Persia Sands of Time, because it has, like, it's the, the, the feeling of moving through a space and solving puzzles that aren't, like, they're not, like, hard logic puzzles, it's, like, figuring out what to do in the environment to get from point A to point B, and while this is not that it's that same kind of feeling where it's like okay i need to examine my surroundings and where can i look to find the next thing that will move things forward for me uh and then and then once you figure that out you end up stumbling into a completely new area of the game where this whole set piece kind of opens up and um it's just really cool stuff like that i man i love that i love that so hard the the element of trying something and then being just completely surprised and carried away by it like there's not there's nothing better than that there's nothing better than that and i i i find that like one of my favorite things is getting to um hear about your experiences of that like susan when you started playing jurassic park uh you know you started playing jurassic park and it went from being like yeah this is a lark to being like yo guys i fucking get my t-rex eight people like that's so fun and dave yeah. like hearing you talk about forgotten city and paradise killer earlier this year is sort of a lot of the same thing yeah well because it's so easy to hear something that's cool and just go like oh yeah that's neat you play a couple right. hours and you put it down and you go back to whatever you're doing yeah. whereas this like it took my whole weekend like I, w- yeah. I just I couldn't stop um I am I am astonishingly jealous of that experience because oh uh I have learned something guys I've learned something that since the end of July to the end of September I have purchased and played five video games and what I have learned in this period is that I am in a Goldilocks scenario. I am a I am Goldilocks, oh, which no. is to say I am a fussy little dickhead is is what I have learned. 
because I just keep playing things and then I'm like, mm, this is too hot. This is too cold. I'm not going to do this anymore. So you guys have been privy to some of this. I played, I got great Ace Attorney and mm. I was like, I'm going to do some Ace Attorney. And then he wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> you have to, dude. Uh, that, that has been like that has been my bedtime game, where I just yeah, I play like an hour before, dude. You gotta go. I'm, Keep I'm going. Gonna get, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go back. Herlock go Sholmes back. is uh, himbo of the year. I'm just I'm, laying I'm it right out right now. I'm go I'm gonna do it. I swear. And but now, so like honestly, since we delayed the the this episode by a week, I was like, I'm gonna get some actual video games under my belt, and it's gonna be fucking tight as hell. I'm gonna show up, and I'll be like, I can talk about No More Heroes three, guys. The loading, the loading. The loading. I want to play No More Heroes 3. I love the whole Suda51 thing, but you go... Everything you try to do, there's seven to eight seconds of loading. Everything. Oh my god. And they, I discovered playing this game that they don't... like. It's not an action game where there's a level anymore, where you move through a space going to do fights. It's just weird open world, weird story, and then boss fights, and nothing else. There are no stages. And it's all really interesting, but like loading, loading. And I love pseudo 51 nonsense, but like just the jabbering, the endless jabbering. I got the world Neo, the world ends with you. Neo Twelve. Neo Neo Twelve. And I loved The World Ends With You on DS back in 2008 when I was in my 20s. I loved it. I loved it so much. And I've played three and a half hours of this game, and no one ever shuts the fuck up. They just, just na 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 animated bullshit na 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 na, and I can't, I can't. I'm, I I'm noticing a theme here, my friend. Yes, so am I, so am I, and it keeps coming up. And it's not even like verbal na 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 na. It's like just environmental na 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 na. Because I tried to play Kenna. Bridge of Spirits as well. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. And Bridge of Spirits is, like, you turn on a game and it, you, you can just see, like, you can hear Hammond from Jurassic Park being like, we spared no expense. We spared no expense. It's just this luxurious, plush totem to mediocrity. Uh, it's... Wow! <laughs> Wow! We, we poured our passion and hearts into making the most beautiful playable DreamWorks film in the oh. entire world. Oh. And, uh, 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 so, you noticed the the trend, the thing. Yeah, yeah. And I've been trying to like I I like to think of myself as a a, a reflective, self aware person that can interrogate their feelings about stuff. And my first thought was that Returnal broke me. Oh. That that my first thought was that I loved Returnal so much that it has ruined video games for me. Like, unless you are just this... And again, not everybody had this experience with Returnal, but Returnal and I just seemed to get each other. Where it was just, I can, like, the movement, the space... The, the pace of the storytelling, all of it was just right. I was Goldilocks doing a home invasion, eating a child's food, and then sleeping in their bed like a, like a baby. Uh, I thought that's what it was. 
But then I realized that's not necessarily true. And at the beginning of the year, there were multiple episodes of this show in a row where I was able to come on and just be effusive about a, a game. And it was mm-hmm. East Nine yep. and Ghosts and Goblins and even Monster Hunter and then Returnal. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, well, what what's missing? And they're all games that you just play. You just play. And I think, mm. and I'm troubled by this, I think the the affinity for involved, explicit storytelling in games and dialogue and characters, I think something has been turned off in me. <laughs> I think so, I think somehow the, the switch has been flipped. Oh, dear. And I, I now just want things that are immediate. And I'm not totally sure why. I'm not sure what changed. I'm not sure if it's like, okay, another one. I just picked up another game. I knew Dave had been playing it. I wanted to talk about it a little because he was having a good experience with his son. I picked up WarioWare Get Mm. It Together. And I've only played a little bit of it. By the way, you've never... You've never really experienced WarioWare until you hand it to a five-year-old who doesn't know how to read, and you discover that giving WarioWare to somebody that isn't literate yet is like putting them in a living hell. (laughs) Because it doesn't get... If you can't read the command at the beginning of that stage that's telling you what to do, it has so little time for you to verbally interpret it. It's not even just reading, just having the knowledge of, like, a history of video games to even be able to parse what you're supposed to do at a given time. Yeah. Yes, 100%. But, WarioWare Get It Together has too much talking for me now. Like, there's too much dialogue in WarioWare for my brain to penetrate it at the moment. And okay, I know that pause. sounds insane. Th- pause. You finished Persona 5. I guess, but that was many years ago. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And like, I finished Yakuza 7 last year yeah, and, and, yeah. and adored it. Adored it. But my my tolerance is is gone. I don't know what it is. I don't what know if it's what work? happened. What it if it's like be. your job is like taking up so much of your brain space that yeah. what you need is something to completely de- like you need something you don't have to think about. Yes. Yeah. Which is why you, my friend, need a Ubisoft game. <laughs> Just something that your thumbs can do. Well, I, so there there's been a little break in the dam this week there's been a slight break in the dam and i've talked about this a little bit with the continue discord because it only came out on thursday night but out of the blue during the nintendo direct for some reason uh square enix (laughs) released a remake of act razor oh yeah, yeah 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 super nintendo game which act razor is very weird uh that's another one that is not necessarily something that is easy to understand unless you've played it before 
because it's it, calling it an action role playing game is a misnomer. It's not an action role playing game. Like it's a sort of Castlevania e platformer, and you play a platformer stage, and then for a couple of hours you do the lightest sim building. You do town town management. Oh, interesting. Okay. For a couple of hours. And like, it, it was like this back in the day too. But like, when I say sim building, it's, it's like, if you turned Sim City into an arcade experience, Got it's it. like, like, do this fast, burn down these lands so that your villagers can, you know, build houses there, do it again. Now there's like almost like a tower defense phase where monsters are going to try and ruin it and so on and so forth you do that for an hour and then it's like here's another platformer action stage interesting with a big boss interesting event. okay and i i loved this game back in the day uh a lot of fun that's and it's a great lazy sunday game because you can beat it in like six hours you could beat it in like six hours and so i i immediately was like yeah of course i'm buying that i want that i'm, I'm voting with my act razor dollar uh <laughs> And immediately went to the continued Discord to be like, nobody paid the $30 they're asking for this. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazily expensive. Yeah. For a <clears throat> what finally got me to do it was the, the, I got the Steam version and like Green Man Gaming is like a, like a, like a reseller. Yeah. They're, like they're official, but yeah, like they had a 20% discount because I have an account there. I was like, yeah. yeah, 24 sounds okay. That's dude, 24 is right. And honestly, so now, now that I've like played Act Racer for a few hours, I'm perfectly okay with my purchase. Because at, at first I was like, wait a second, is this just you like scratching a familiar itch? Because this game, if you had told me somebody made this for PSP in 2006 and just shelved it and then released it now without touching it up at all, I would believe you. This game looks... It has that sort of bizarre mid-aughts or like Sega Saturn style 3D. Like, we're going to do a platform with 3D. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, if you ever played Skeleton Warriors for Sega Saturn, you'll know what to expect with the Actraiser remake. And yet, everything runs really fast, and it's mm. just, go do it, and then you, you do your platformer level, you hit a tree in the face until it blows up, or you, or you throw a fireball at a minotaur's crotch until it explodes, and then there's a, a tiny little angel who comes out and says, burn down some trees so that villagers can make something over there. Oh, the villagers made you some wood and some apples. Now you can burn more stuff down, and now you know how to make a bridge. Make a bridge. They could go to the monster's lair, and it's just right. It feels feels very good, and I'm engaged again. Uh, but Dave, I'm, I'm troubled. I'm troubled by your assessment, because I think you're right. I think... It sounds like it. Yeah. It sounds like I don't have any space left for the thought. Imagination, really. Yeah, for imagination. It's all used up elsewhere. That's troubling. That is troubling. It'd be better if it was just Returnal broke me. I would be, I would be way more happy if it was just like, Returnal's that good! <laughs> <laughs> it's completely ruined you for other games. Yeah. 
I'm, I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. I'm thinking about like replaying it now. Like I I'm thinking about like going back and just doing return. The shooting is just so good. Just it feels better than anything else. It's just so good. Oh man. Uh, I had to uh I had to uh I still think of it as cleaning out the fridge. I had to clean out the fridge. I had to d- delete, uh, make room on my hard drive. <laughs> there, there are people, I guess, in our Discord who don't know the provenance of that particular phrase. It's classic. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and I was like, "Do I get?" And I bought uh, Returnal digitally. And I'm like, "Do I? Do I? I, I mean, I've finished it. Do I want to?" No, I'm going to leave that right there. It's a weird, it's a weird feeling, to... isn't it? What, it, when you, it? It'll be there when you need it. Yeah. It's just looking at it, you immediately feel the goodness of that that gunplay. And mm-hmm. it's like, maybe I could just just hop in and do one level. Just one. But I, I, I also love that Returnal leaves so much space for your imagination. Mm. That, like, I... I it's almost it almost doesn't bother me how little Returnal delivers on a satisfying, coherent narrative conclusion because my my brain can continue living there and wondering about how explicit is this character's experience. Like there's there's so much room to run and that space is so deeply interesting like are these aliens real are they at all right is all is any of this real and that's i don't know i i I am desperate for that experience or i'm desperate for uh, a remake of a 30 year old game that feels like it was made only 25 years (laughs) maybe what you need is a game where you play a 40 year old man with a skateboard who beats up high schoolers Baby, I'm just waiting for my copy in the mail. <laughs> punches them so bad. Yeah. What? Then okay, yeah, ju- so I'm I, the I'm a couple judgment. hours into Lost Judgment, the new oh, like Yakuza okay. team game, and yeah, you're like you're a detective investigating a string of like school bullying at a high school, but because it's a Yakuza team game, you have there's combat, and there are school bullies who want to fight you, so you have to fight them. The- gonna beat up those teenagers they tried to beat you up first and you're just <laughs> beating the shit out of 16 year olds they can't take me to court if it's self-defense right <laughs> guys i i don't know how it is that it's sega or sega adjacent companies that have managed to release the things over the last two decades where it's like, yeah, uh, senators looking to stoke outrage, you're all focused on Grand Theft Auto. But it's Atlas and Sega that's making the real troubling (laughs) shit. Like, man, you go back to 2007 and you turn on Persona and you're like, that's a 16-year-old shooting themselves in the face. Not once repeatedly yeah. meanwhile Fox News is talking about how you can bang aliens in Mass Effect like that's the real moral panic those yeah. are consenting adults yeah um, damn it um, yeah guys I I, 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 I gotta I gotta get past this I gotta get past this, this don't, the, the thing that I've learned is don't brain. force it 
Don't force yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I know. It will happen when it happens, and when it does, yeah. you will be grateful. But don't. If you try to force it, it won't. It won't come. It's. It's. Then so, you'll start having a negative association with. I know. With yeah. Um, if only everything could be Psychonauts too. If only. <laughs> If only every game could be Psychonauts 2. I mean, you want to talk about a game with a lot of talking. Yeah, no, there's a lot of talking in, in Psychonauts 2. But the amount of talking in Psychonauts 2 is spaced out in a way where a lot of the time you're still able to do stuff while people are talking to you. And, I like, the pacing of the dialogues, like, if, you, if you're Raz talking to your family... It's like so rapid fire. You're like, what are you doing here, mom? Oh, joke, 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 joke. Yeah. yeah Deeply yeah. meaningful sentence. Go find your brother. And then it's like you go into the woods. That's another one. Dave, have you played Psychonauts 2 yet? I need to get into it. All right. I, I we we shouldn't talk about it again until we could do like a spoiler cast yeah. on Psychonauts 2. Because I haven't finished it. I oh I don't want to say anything. There's too uh, many yeah. games. <laughs> It's too many, too many games. games, man. Stop it. When I, Stop it. Susan, the end of that game is fucking killer. The end of I that game is I, so good. I have to think it is based on the last level I texted you about. I know. I know. Which is incredible. You're right there. I mean, if you've played through that, you're you're basically there. Yeah. You're at, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. at, the, like, you're at like the 90% point. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Act Razor. <laughs> It's good. It, it, is, it looks it, yeah. like a Saturn game, but it's... It looks like a Saturn game, sounds like a Saturn game, feels like a Saturn game. And, and the stuff they mm, added, it like, actually adds to the makes, game. Yeah, it makes it better. Like, they, it's an actually... Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that people added and then made the world better, the people who back the show... Yeah. <laughs> That's, I don't know why I had to use the vending machine inflection from Bioshock. I was going to say, circus <laughs> of value. Circus <laughs> of value. But Patreon like, but, backers. But said like, send your card game. Yeah, circus of value. That's, that's, what Ken, that's what Ken Levine did. He took all of his money and just... <laughs> It's he just lives in a house of Porsches and replicas of those vending machines, so he hears it in every room he walks into. <laughs> I'm trying to decide if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not. I'm not sure I know the answer. Well, Anne Rand says no. All right, oh, stop. <laughs> no, stop dunking <laughs> for some reason. All right, Dave, who who caused it to happen? Who caused this? Uh, whose fault is this? This is our whose Patreon backers, patreon.com slash continue podcast. You can back us at any level, get exclusive access to our podcast, uh, intros, early access, access to our Discord, uh, as well as a shout out to our, our, our $10 shout out backers. So I'm going to shout out now. Shout outs to Toast, Doom Cow, Adam Gauntlet. Adam Condra, Michael Coffey, The Fancy Manatee, Stormshot, Double Taco, Matthew Peters, Denton Brock, Gluttony One of Seven, Eric Van Quill, Frank Sands, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Yaddle, Ryan Brady, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Ryan Mance, Canonical, Tom Coveney, and Nick Rugen. Thank, thank you. Everyone. Thank you much. all very, very much. Yeah. Uh, because it's your fault that we can talk about Act Razor and Deathloop and The Forgotten City. Um, 
I will also say, for those of you listening here at the back half of the show, I'm going to talk about this on Discord tomorrow uh, because uh, our devoted backers know already that our producer, Bill, made a wonderful design as a surprise for our 100th episode, and we're going to do a run of t-shirts for the show for the very first time. And after uh, a really shitty sample... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, extent, uh, that our wonderful listener Joe Clark is now the proud owner of. Uh, Pr- proud with the, the largest scare quotes. Yes. Uh, I received a the new sample yesterday afternoon and the t-shirts are very nice. Um, the, the logo is like, it's a little vinyl-y, but not offensively so on the shirt. And they're going to be good to go. They'll be available for sale tomorrow. Uh, I have to double check what the price is going to be, but like, you know, it's not going to be banana pants. And uh, yeah, we'll have t-shirts for everybody. We'll, That's so very we'll, exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll let folks uh, know. This is a recording, but you're 100% going to hold that up to the camera for us. Oh, I, no. So that was the other thing. The sample uh, was delivered by a listener of the show. My wonderful mailman, Devin. Hello, Devin. Hello, Devin. Uh, and Devin handed the package. She's like, yeah, you got a pile of stuff today. And I was like, ooh, and ripped it open. And I was like, it's perfect. It looks really good. This is for you. And I, I, I gave the, the new sample to Devin. Uh, so he can, he can stream with it on and get us some of those sweet, sweet new <laughs> listeners. Um, but yes, yes. So t-shirts, t-shirts for all. That's uh, fun. Susan. Where can people uh, find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Susan Arndt and uh, where I will I will share probably photos of my attempts to pack Lego builds safely. Oh it's not no. Easy. It's not <laughs> easy. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have um there there's three that are are uh, large enough to cause a certain amount of alarm. Uh, the NES, the uh, Daily Bugle. I don't know how you freaking Hogwarts, man. I don't know oh, how you do Hogwarts. Boy. That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, it's like you have uh, to ship that freight like a like an arcade cabinet. <laughs> well, uh, we're gonna we're, we have to take a trailer anyway. Um, yeah, because there's there's a some stuff that the moving company won't move, and then there's some stuff we don't want them to move, like our computers. So we have to be doing that anyway. So it's like, well, maybe we put the Legos in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> so here's here's a, a little tip. Now, I've never done anything as big as Hogwarts, but I've done like some of the Star Wars ships. Okay. So all complicated Lego builds always have um, you've constructed the thing and then you push the thing together. Like yes. there's like mm-hmm. the big break points. Yep. Separate at the break points. Yep. And then the greatest padding in the world that no one tells you about is fucking t-shirts, dude. T-shirts. Mm are better than bubble wrap at least on the interior because they can like get into places and pad them oh, yeah. like, by yeah, yeah, cleaning yeah. and yeah. then you bubble wrap around the t-shirt okay 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 it's a life hack uh, all right D- dave roberts where can people find you and find me on twitter at david robots that's, he's there. I'm there. He's doing it. <laughs> uh, tweeting gonna, occasionally. T- tweeting occasionally. If anybody absolutely positively needs to have their mornings ruined by a man's opinions about Escape from LA, you can follow me at a John Agnello. 
Uh, <laughs> it's what's 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 really funny is that like after you would completely ruin everyone's day, and Susan's like, I'm not speaking to him anymore. I was watching uh, like Red Letter Media put out like they're doing a ranking of the John Carpenter movies. That's why it popped in my head. That's and why I was thinking about it. <laughs> it's like second to last on both of their lists. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I just saw that. I was like. Fucking Anthony. Hey, <laughs> is the last one Bats? No, the last the last one's Ghost from Mars. Ghost of Mars. Oh, Ghost of Mars. Ghost, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah Ghost right. of Mars is rough. Uh, yeah, that's not you know, it, Somebody's like, yo, what if Escape from New York looked cheaper and had a Tori Amos song in it? And I'm like, yo, sign me up. Oh Put God. me in there. Is it you supposed say- to be funny? Yes, I. That's the thing. I I I think Escape from L Escape from L A is a movie made by somebody who is like done with a system and wants to flip it the bird so it's the freddy got fingered of john carpenter movies it's it's more like uh you know there's the scene in half-baked where the guy quits at the fast food place and he goes fuck you fuck you fuck you you're cool cool. i'm out that is Th- that is this movie to the city of Los Angeles and Hollywood for John Carpenter. Because like it's like I'm going to take the the thing that sort of gave me underground cred before I was super successful with uh you know with uh the Halloween and I'm going to use it to make this weird fucked up inversion of that. Like I'm going to he gremlins toot it. But it, like not mm. as successfully as Joe Dante Gremlins toot it, um, yeah. That's and that's uh, like I've only seen Escape from L.A. once, uh, and it was in the theater five years ago. <laughs> well, they, just so everybody knows where these opinions are coming from. All right, we'll see you in two weeks. Goodbye.